This is The Verse, a weekly dive into the cinematic universes and beyond. We'll dissect the latest episodes, films, and news all fans from veterans to news are dying to know more about. Now, here's our team of pop culture superheroes we call The Verse Squad. Welcome to The Verse. Welcome back to The Verse, the podcast that's fine. Everything's fine. We're fine. Right? We're fine. Situation normal. This episode, we are going to roll the dice with the new Amazon Prime video adult animation series, The Legend of Vox Machina. And then we have Dr. Bridget conduct a self-surgical procedure to remove more of her Lord of the Rings blind spot as we explore the two towers. And good news, Lucas is here. It's great to see the whole team back together again. Everything is back to normal. Yes, completely normal. Nothing to report from my end. Everything is just fine. Mm, are you sure about that, Lucas? Uh, you guys have all been acting a little bit odd lately. I feel like I've missed something. Did I miss something? Bridget, everything is fine. Nothing odd at all. No mysterious messages, no threats, nothing. It's, it's, it's okay. Norm. Oh my god. I really hope you don't play poker. Uh, anyway, Bridget, trust me, everyone and everything is completely normal. Normal. Sure. I mean, check out Lucas, guys. Hi, guys. yesterday, and then I went into the star, and it went forever, and then it was like a little black hole. Yeah, that's normal. He's he's probably shaking off his virtual hibernation. Uh, let me fix this. Hey, Lucas, shake it off. I'm Lucas. Uh, not quite yet. Not quite yet, Lucas. We're still in the intro. Uh huh. Look, Bridget. He's fine. We're fine. No threats. Everything's normal. Uh huh. All right. Whatever, guys. Uh, something definitely still seems off. But uh, let's just start the show. Are you sure you're ready, Lucas? I'm Lucas. Not yet, buddy. I guess we better get this going. Let's meet the team. I'm Norm. I'm Bridget. I'm Lucas. I heard it. I hear voices. What was that, Lucas? Just keep going, Emilia. I'll take care of this. Uh, and, uh, and I'm Emilia, and this is The Verse News, where we bring you the latest in TV, film, pop culture, and superhero news from across the cinematic universes and beyond. Let's see what The Verse Squad has come up with this week. Well, I have some news, guys. Ouch. Oh. Why does my face hurt? <laughs> um, no clue at all. Just keep going. We want to hear that news. Okay. <laughs> Just spit out a tooth. Well, here I go. My news is I'm going to totally block Emilia here and say that Jason Momoa oh my God. Uh, has joined the Fast and the Furious franchise. So I'm going to news steal. Oh, Were you going to use that? Did I, I just was, steal that from I was you? going to use that. <laughs> yes, finally. Um, wow. I'm only bringing it up, though, and stealing it because... Um, it's kind of getting weird where, like, everybody's in all the different universes now, like all the different cinematic universes, so it's hard to keep track of who's in what. 
because, uh, you know, I was just saying how I really liked Jason Momoa in Dune, but now he's, like, in DC, and he's in Fast and the Furious, and he's in Dune. It's like all these actors are spread across all these different franchises. I'm like, occasionally it's nice to have some new talent injected into the mix. So I was wondering what everyone else thought about it. Oh, this is the first I'm hearing of it, but... Emilia, since Fast and Furious is your baby franchise, <laughs> how do you feel about this news? I I mean, I think this is very par of the course. Uh, I do agree with Lucas. I, I wish there was some new talent, but I also have the caveat of, like, there are certain franchises that I'm kind of okay with being, for lack of a better term, like, quite incestuous. <laughs> like, they, <laughs> you know, they were like, we got Vin Diesel, we got The Rock, and then they're like, well, who who should be next? It's like, John Cena? Yeah, who's a large yeah. dude so, wait, Why not? Bring in. Jason Momoa? Who's, who's currently Absolutely. trending on Twitter? Chris Hemsworth? Isn't, I don't know. <laughs> isn't the, the news of uh, Momoa coming on in light of The Rock saying he won't do another Fast and the oh, Furious? Oh, that makes sense. It could be. I'm not sure that it's, like, directly related, but yes, uh, The Rock has... <laughs> definitively shut down the idea that he will be doing fast 10 but once again i don't know this could be marketing i just well, i don't trust it anymore <laughs> I, I thought what the the rock statement was he would do more hobbs and shaw but would not do another fast and the furious yes and then apparently vin diesel made a a heartfelt plea on social media and he mentioned like his children or something and the rock was like that's really manipulative uh, you know, stop, stop doing that. I'm not doing Fast Ten, and and stop, and you know, get out of my DMs, basically. So, I, you know, it seems very personal, but it also seems like it could just be a clever marketing ploy. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it usually comes down to. Well, I've got some news, and last week in our last episode, we were talking about the Peacemaker series, which is directed by none other than Mr. James Gunn. And it was announced this week, or I shouldn't say announced, it was confirmed that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will be Gunn's last film with Marvel. Or at least it'll be the last, probably, Guardians of the Galaxy. So, I don't know. I think it probably needs to come to a close at mm-hmm. some point or another. 3 is like the uh, max of, let's see, I guess, character films in the MCU. Like, there's three Iron Men, there's three... Captain America's three Thors. Well, so well, well, actually, there's gonna be four Thors, but (laughs) what a lot of people don't know about the Guardians of the Galaxy was much like the they were like the space equivalent of the the Avengers. Mm -hmm. That team constantly changed. In fact, the Guardians of the Galaxy, as we know them in the MCU, was not the original Guardians of the Galaxy team at all in the comic books, Mm -hmm. and it's changed, including um, you know Venom has been a guardian of the galaxy. So that shows you how much it has changed. So it makes sense that they're going to start getting rid of some of these characters and swapping in new ones. As long as they do this in a way that makes sense, I'm for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I, and I also, I mean, I love James Gunn as a director. I love the guardians of the galaxy films. I think they're some of the most popular Marvel films because they're ones that you can honest to God watch as standalones. And it's drawn, I think a different audience to this Marvel cinematic universe. So I'm excited. They're delightful films. Like they're just fun. They're just fun watches. Well, that's why I'm sad. I missed the peacemaker conversation because I think I've been enjoying that probably more than the rest of you because it's a, it's a throwback to 
James Gunn doing Slither. I don't know if you, if any of you oh. have saw that mm-hmm. movie Slither, but it's like really gory. It's very violent. It's hilarious. Um, and the, it, Peacemaker feels like that. And I think that's what he added to the MCU. But like because it's the MCU, he couldn't go really dark um, and go. He couldn't go to like the R-rated territory. And I kind of miss that about James Gunn. So in some ways, I'm happy he's closing out his you know involvement with it. Um, and then, you know, we'll see what they do with it next. I'm all for some yeah. new, you know, a fresh perspective to it. I agree. Well, uh, Lucas, I agree with you that James Gunn wasn't actually able to, like, completely let his, for better, freak for lack of a, uh, yeah, his, yeah, like, he couldn't let his full f- freak flag fly. But I thought that was interesting because much like Hitchcock being restrained a little bit, mm-hmm. I think we got a better version of James Gunn having to actually think a little bit more about what he wanted to do and do it. Yeah. That made it more interesting. I actually yeah, think I, that first totally Guardians movie was all of that, and that's what made it so much better. I think it's one of the best movies he's ever made, although like, I kind of like seeing him do The Suicide Squad, where it's just completely crazy and weird and, mm-hmm. uh, and odd, because I think he does that very well. So I like seeing his talents directed in that direction. But I admit, like he, uh, he definitely made something of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that actually stood out, because a lot of them, they get mm-hmm. really shoehorned into that universe as... By the way, I also watched The Eternals uh, in my absence, uh, which we won't go into too much. But that was part of the discussion, how like how do you make a film that's not of the cinematic universe, but still inside of it? And uh, The Eternals is an example of how to fail doing that, whereas I feel like um, The Guardians of the Galaxy was like a, 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 how to succeed doing that. You know, it's actually kind of it's kind of bugging my mind right now, thinking that Eternals and Guardians of the Galaxy are part of the same franchise and one is connected <laughs> to the other. Which is it's cool. I mean, that's a testament to Marvel, but twisty. at the same time, I mean, all I'm going to say is I'm glad I wasn't on that episode because all I would have done was agree with Norm and, and the former, you know, uh, robot sidekick of the ship for, you know, Ooh. the entire episode. Although I would have <laughs> given it an even more harsh uh, final re- uh, rating. Because Norm gave it a C minus, and I would have given it a D plus. Because I literally was like, "Don't bother with this one." I would tell most people to just skip it unless you really felt compelled to be a completionist. All right, I think that's fair from yeah from an MCU perspective. But I I think I appreciated very specific things about it. Mm -hmm. Same. No, I know. I'm gonna say it was. I saw Emily and Bridget there. Yeah, no, Emily and Bridget. You guys actually made me consider it more and try to take another look at it but truly i tried to watch yeah. it three times and fell asleep each time like what does that say about the Oof. movie Oof. yeah that's that, that it must that's be rough. seen in theaters or else it's <laughs> i think so truly like i was like maybe i should have seen it in the theater just because i actually would have stayed awake for the whole thing so that might have colored my perspective on it because i kept having to rewind it and watch scenes again mm-hmm. and then they'd land even worse the second time anyway so dang all right we're well, moving on anywho what else do we have for uh news this episode Emily, I, I feel like I feel like Lucas stole your news, and I'm hoping I'm not going to steal your backup news if you had backup <laughs> news, um, because talking about the Fast and Furious franchise, we did bring up uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and the he lit the internet a buzz this week because he dropped a cryptic message that he is working on one of the biggest, most badass video games uh, of all times. Uh, I'm mean, sorry, he's working on a movie based off of one of the biggest, most badass games of all time. And it sent the entire internet into speculation of what he could be talking about. So it's he's actually wow. in Mario Brothers? Is that what you're saying? I actually haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I had not Dwayne heard about this. Dwayne The Rock this. Johnson 
will be Bowser. Yes. Wait, they already have Bowser cast, I think. Yes. But he would make an excellent Bowser. Donkey Kong. What do we consider like a badass video game? Donkey Kong. So there have been tons of speculation. Most people are pretty sure it's Gears of War, but we're not 100% sure. Other people are guessing things like uh, Double Dragon and... and, uh, God of War. (laughs) Yeah. God of War, that would be... Well, he doesn't... People are going all over the place on what it could be. Uh, nobody knows for sure. Um, he could just be very cryptic, and, and the, at the end of the day, it could be like Minecraft. <laughs> hey. Or he Among Us. He was already in Doom, though. <laughs> Among Us, yes. But he was already in Doom, and that, you know... Anyway, I'm not. It wasn't a huge success, but I actually kind of like that movie. I don't know if you. It's actually just that. Wii Sports. What are, what are you guys all talking about? <laughs> that's a that's that's an intense video game. I've broken a Wii sweat Sports playing Resort. Wii Sports. <laughs> Resort. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So then, okay. So that was Norm's news. So then, what is Emilia's news? Um, I uh, it was stolen, but I I the only other thing I have that I know happened this week was that. <laughs> Um, Johnny Knoxville revealed that he is not doing any more jackass stunts because, um, first of all, I think it's shocking that he's still doing them, that he was still doing them recently, but he, um, I don't know if any of you have seen any trailers for jackass forever. I no, but I will definitely watch it. (laughs) They were, I was subjected to them in the movie theater. Yep. I've never really been a fan of this series. I don't even, I don't actually think it's a cinematic universe at all, but, uh, he was, he did this crazy stunt with a bull where he took a hit, again, from a bull, um, the the creature that people famously get into rings to avoid being hit by and uh, stab with a sword. Um, but he suffered uh, some some cognitive decline after uh, taking this hit and, and having a, like, a seizure or brain hemorrhage or some, something, some kind of, like, really bad head injury. I got to give that guy so much respect, though. If you know his backstory, he wasn't part of, like, the Jackass crew originally. Uh, they they brought him on to be somewhat of, like, a recognizable face when they made a, f- a film out of it. So he was just kind of like a B-list, C-list actor who threw himself. It turns out he was crazier than the Jackass guys. And they have all said this. Like, he, like, as you see there, like, will throw himself into anything. Um, so I'll give him a heck of a lot of credit. But, yeah, it's definitely time to retire. It's yeah. just, like... It's it's time. I'll give him credit. At fifty years old, he should not be doing these uh, kinds of stuff. Actually, he's notably forty nine in the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. I'm glad he made it to fifty. But yes, wow. please retire. You know, there's other roles Wait. for you now. Okay, so then this is a good transition. You might say that Johnny Knoxville is quite the daredevil. But did everyone see that uh, Marvel has announced a new Daredevil series? Wow. No. With Matt Murdock returning? Anyone Wait, a series? I was waiting for a movie. No. Cheated. Was that, was that 100% confirmed? I saw that uh, th- that uh, they that it, it was trending on Twitter, but I didn't see an official announcement. See, I thought they were just like, oh, we're going to continue the series. Hmm. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm know. cool with it if that's what they're doing, but I kind of was hoping they'd give him a feature. Like film? Yeah, like a feature oh, okay. film. Like, yeah. yeah, I think especially for Marvel, a lot of the times uh, the, the standalone films work better than their TV shows. Yeah, there'd be a, a bigger press release about it. Well, 
I my theory about there not being a big press release about it is because they canceled the show. Netflix and them canceled the show after three seasons, and then all of a sudden, I mean, we know why. Uh, mm. The past couple months, it's the top rated series on Netflix. I mean, yeah. like well, it has I mean, just surged in popularity. Net- Netflix canceled it for obvious reasons, not that it wasn't popular, not that yeah. it, it was just that Marvel was like, you know, we're reclaiming all of our properties. Um, yeah. all our properties. I mean, Kevin Feige has said that uh, Charlie Cox is Matt Murdock in the MCU and will be. I think recently he also semi-confirmed John Bernthal will be the Punisher, the Punisher right? for the MCU. So that's also there, but... Um, uh, look, I'm excited. I loved the Daredevil Netflix series. I actually think it's probably the best Marvel TV show that's been produced, with the only exception being maybe The Punisher. Well, Jessica was Jones was the, the, actually both seasons. Although the first season of Jessica Jones is still, to my in my eyes, like head head to head with uh, Daredevil. But but yeah, Daredevil is one of the best shows they ever made. Maybe the best. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh... Upon further investigation, in the midst of us talking about this, it's mainly speculative that this is going to be a new series. It would be awesome if Daredevil was renewed and got a fourth season, or it's a, it, either if it's a continuation or a completely new series. But MCU, Marvel fans, they want more Charlie Cox. They want more Daredevil. That's what they want. They have spoken. Now let it manifest. <laughs> yeah, we're manifesting it right now. That was The Verse. Up next, we're going to be talking about Amazon Prime Video's new series, Vox Machina. Did any of you hear <laughs> about this before, or or was it just like, nope. came as a shock, I right? Yeah, I, I didn't know, I just saw it come up anything on my... About it. I remember a, a couple people on Twitter trying to champion a uh, Kickstarter for it, mm. but I, I didn't really pay much attention to it. I actually thought... Um, when they were championing it, I didn't realize that this was for a series. I thought it was for a, a tabletop game that was just going to be ripping off D&D. Yeah, which seems okay. the plot seems like a lot of, essentially heavily inspired by D&D. Oh, yes. Um, which I can get into when we get further into thoughts. But Okay, so can someone sort of explain to me why it had like a Kickstarter to begin with? Was this based off something else that fans wanted to see it get turned into a series? Or was it just like someone wrote a pilot? And they wanted to see it go further. Um, no, I, I, all I know is from what I've, like the little limited research I did was that it was a Kickstarter. Um, it completely destroyed its kickstarting uh, goal, which was, uh, I think, I think it was only only like a million or something like that, and they it ended up being eleven point three million dollars that they got for the, through the Kickstarter. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, oh wow. I mean, it's through. Although critical... the thing is, for animation, that's like I know that seems like a lot of money, but it's not. You know, it's still low budget. Um, yeah. Which is which is inspiring and, and incredible that they were able to not only raise that much money, but then also pull off a you know a good pilot. Yeah. So apparently, the deal is that it was based on campaign one of the Dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons web series Critical Role. And so I think that's where the fan base came from. And the first season, which is 12 episodes, 10 of these 12 episodes were funded just from Kickstarter. And um, now it's been it's been renewed by Amazon for a second series, like even before it premiered. 
Okay, so this is what I love about this series. So I used to play Dungeons & Dragons a lot as a kid, and watching this is more true to life of how a campaign actually unfolds. Like the dungeon master tries to be all serious and make keep everybody in a box of the story so that it like has logical co- cohesion. And then the players act like maniacs because you're trying to have fun and you're trying to kind of like twist the story into what you want it to be. Uh, and that's watching this. It feels like a campaign for Dungeons and Dragons, which is what's so fun about it because all the characters are acting like oddballs and weirdos, which is pretty much how a campaign happens. I don't know if... Any of y'all played Dungeons and Dragons? I, no, but it's one only, of my life goals. I only we should D&D. play it on the verse. <laughs> I only played D and D one time, and uh, yeah, Lucas, this feels exactly like what I experienced, which is there's a serious plot that's set in front of you, and within minutes of starting, it goes completely off the rail, and mm-hmm. DM has to like keep it in balance, keep yeah. it in balance, but at the same time. You also see the frustration level of the DM rise. It's yes. like you know what? I yes. don't care. Fine, we'll do this. I'll let. I'm going to share that. a little. I'm going to share a little uh, story just to highlight like how these things happen. Typically, like my friend Ilya, who is the dungeon master, he wanted to get us to like find out what the quest was at the beginning of starting a game. So we were in this bar, and we were supposed to get. We had no weapons. We were supposed to get escorted out of the bar by like the the security team, whatever. So we would like learn what the 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 whole point of the game was. We refused to do it. We ended up essentially crushing down the bar. We we collapsed the bar. I was we were throwing glasses at everybody's faces, and I had to like dive out of a window uh, as the house as the bar was collapsing. Otherwise, I would have died. Um, so I so I had to roll like an eighteen or something, and I did. So in the beginning of the game, we literally destroyed a bar just to like mess with him because he wanted to force us in one direction, and as the players, we refused to go. And like that's D and D. It's that's why it's so fun. It's if, I highly encourage not only you guys but also the listeners to play because it truly is like a team sport of storytelling. So anyway, right. that's well, the, my little sidebar. The the other thing about D and D that I notice because I I have only played once, but I've I've been around games that have been going on, and one thing I always notice is the characters always have a very very interesting backstory that mm-hmm. almost in the campaign never really comes into being part of the campaign. It's just like, it's like, wow, that backstory already sounds more interesting than this campaign. So, (laughs) well, they do that in this show too. I I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but that's the things that I've been really enjoying about this. And, um, you know, I, I was a little skeptical in the first episode because they had so many like, you know, poop jokes and cursing and it felt almost like they like i don't know if it's a kind of like a narrative trick if you've ever written scripts where every scene has something like something funny or weird just throw it in there it's like literally uh like the more jokes you throw at the screen hopefully one lands and it kind of felt like that in the pilot episode and i was a little worried about it but then they stopped doing it and they kind of just let it be what it is and they surprisingly added a ton of drama into it um you know with and stakes that really i felt worked yeah, I've only seen the first two episodes. So yeah, so the Amazon Prime decided to take this um, show from Critical Role and build it out. And it basically follows around this ragtag, and I'm using that term 100% accurately because uh, this is the definition of ragtag group of uh, mercenaries who are going around basically just competing in a... Not competing. Who are basically just a part of a intricate D&D campaign. Yeah, and so their uh, mercenary group, they 
call themselves Vox Machina. And at the beginning of the series, they are broke and unemployed and get into a bar brawl that they get kicked out of the last bar or tavern, whatever, that they're allowed into in the realm. Uh, so they're kind of at wit's end of, of what they can do. And then they get a summons from, is it the king or somebody? They get a summons they see, where they're yeah, like... Yeah, they see like an ad for work, basically. That's what it is. They see an ad and they're like, oh, we could maybe try to get this job. And it turns out there's this mysterious creature that's destroying uh, all the mercenaries they hire to go after it. Uh, and so they need somebody to go investigate. So they take on this really dangerous mission. Um, and there's a heck of a lot of swearing and nudity and just, you know, antisocial behavior that happens. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. But the, the characters themselves, so if you're not aware of D&D, that you're like, why, like, why is this important? But they have Vex and, what is it, Vex and Vox? Vex and are, Vax. Vex and Vax, who are brother-sister, right? Um, and they're elves, I believe, and, you know... One, I think, seems like a, um, a, a rogue or a thief. Yeah. Uh, the other one's like a wizard, right? Uh, and the, or... I think one's an You're archer and one's a... One, yeah. Oh, one's an uh, archer, One's yes. a ranger, I guess. And then Percival is like um, a gunslinger <laughs> uh, who turns out has a crazy backstory that uh, is going to be used throughout the series. Then there's Pike, who is... Uh, hold on, let me see who... An, a gnome cleric. Yep. Yes. Cleric gnome cleric um which by the way is like the healers if you're not if you're unaware and then there's uh grog who is the giant classic uh, like who, a barbarian he's like a berserker giant yeah. yeah um which comes into play as well used very coolly um scanlin who's the <laughs> he's the bard. bard he's definitely kind of the comic relief um, but that's the thing is they have all these different um, classes that so if you ever play D&D like you have to choose what class you're and what race your character is. So there's different classes, different races, and it totally is a D&D campaign, which is some of the best parts of it. And yeah, and you have Kaleth, who's a uh, who is a wizard and that's right, she yeah. is an elf as well. She's a druid. Yes, she's yeah, a druid, druid which oh. is a class of wizard. Because it's like she that's why she does all the forest magic. She's like a nature wizard. Nature wizard. That's a good way of thinking of it. Um, um, yeah, and I don't yeah. want to overload people with this these Dungeon and Dragon like uh, factoids because the the truth is you don't really need it. I mean, it's it's cool for it's rewarding for those who play D anD D, but honestly, like it's just kind of the, the setting. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. I would say as someone who knows nothing about Dungeons and Dragons, and I mean absolutely nothing, other than what I've seen on the Big Bang Theory, which is minuscule. <laughs> Uh, this series is a lot of fun. It's a very fun series. It's very funny. There's a lot of action. But it reminded me of like a funnier, lighthearted version of Invincible. Just like the style mm-hmm. of the action, the writing. It's very well done. Very well done. And we talked about Invincibles. It was one of our top series of last year. And so I was very excited to watch another animated sort of superhero related series on amazon prime video so this is really good if you really liked invincible and you like animation definitely give this show a shot honestly mm-hmm. try saying that times three yeah, times fast it's, show a shot. it's an adult oriented uh action fantasy comedy that that is hitting the mark for me i mean i i enjoy i saw the first three episodes i thought they were mm-hmm. very entertaining um scanlan is insane and the perfect comic relief 
for everything, especially if you got up to episode three and saw his cod piece. It was hilarious. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not quite yet. I will say but, I yeah. will say that I watched the first three episodes of this back to back with the latest episode of Peacemaker, and honestly, just hysterical. Like these shows are very funny. We're coming off a very different era of shows uh, as of late, so it's very enjoyable. And as someone again who I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm not familiar with any of these type of characters, it's easy to follow along with. The episodes are really short. They're really quick, and they're very oh, really just fun watch yes. yeah oh easily easily you could I, we cracked out cracked out like three episodes in an hour maybe a little over that my only complaint so far is that as someone who self-identifies as a as a bard class in D, i was not <laughs> so happy with my representation i don't feel like uh resonates with me very much but... um i i don't think you've looked too much into the bard class because from what i'm told scanlan is like the epitome of the bard class <laughs> I think Dang. the bard class typically, uh, you know, attracts people who want to act out like that. Um, yes. So, but you know, all are welcome. Well, I have not played a D and D campaign, but if you'd like me to, hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> but uh, I, I have a, I have a very different idea of what I think a bard would be, which is just my personality. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's what's fun is you essentially will bring all that to a campaign. So, and I always love when somebody chose Bard because it seems like one of the least like effective in a battle, and you'd be surprised, like as you see in this uh, right. in these episodes, how he uses his powers. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in this, he is he does have a lot um, up his sleeve, which I was surprised by. Like he's very useful in a battle, uh, but outside of battle. <laughs> He is, uh, what was, what was his, like, they, at the, at the first episode, they say, like, this is what all of us want. Um, they do, like, a quick introduction of all the characters, and his introduction is basically, like, and I want to bed everyone in Enron, or Emron, Emon, wherever they are. He wants Amon. to sleep with everyone. Um, mm-hmm. and generally I like how they body... didn't say, you know, he didn't say every maiden, he just wants to sleep with everyone, so every, they leave everyone. it wide yeah. open. That seems, that seems <laughs> in character. And did you notice they were playing around with sexuality a little bit where I think, was it Vex or Vax? Vax. I forget which ones were, where he, Vax was, he was flirting with the, uh, uh, what is it? The, the, the shopkeeper. The shopper, yeah. Yeah. Who's you know, also a male, but. Who was also a man. So I, I like that they already were letting you know, like, this is going to be way closer to our reality than, you know, than people are typically used to seeing, I think, in a lot of these old, you know, fantasy adventure games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the characters themselves are very interesting. Uh, I don't know if anybody has a favorite yet, but mine's actually Pike. I thought her her character um, has a depth to it that uh, seems refreshing with this band of of this motley crew. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the cleric who's going around healing people, and um, I don't know. There, there's something about the quote-unquote holy person walking around with these guys <laughs> that mm-hmm. just feels feels like, okay, this is out of place, but fun. She's also partying, carrying on with oh, them. Sorry. So it yes. seems like she's maybe not, like, lost her way, but isn't quite, uh, is still, like, holy and pious, but <laughs> um, not exactly what you would think of in, in terms of sobriety. Yeah, no, she she was completely wasted with Grog, who there seems to be a backstory with the two of them. They seem like they've mm-hmm. been longtime friends. 
because at the beginning of this, all of them are drunk, with the exception of uh, Scanlan, who's uh, in the back room uh, try- trying to get some. Um, and Kalith is the one who's like drunk and puking, and they're like, "You only had one." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Pike I kind of also my favorite. Oh, okay, okay. And yeah, why is that? but I, I just want to say that too. I just want to get really geeky real quick. So Pike is actually voiced by Ashley Johnson, who Ashley Johnson is the waitress in Avengers, the first Avengers. <laughs> yes. Like that, they like zoomed in at the end when the news is interviewing her, and she's like. They saved my life. Like, thank you, Captain America. And everyone thought she was going to be a character because they gave her, like, a little too much screen time and focus, but she ended up being no one. But anyways, that's my that's my fun fact for the day. Well, she, well, she I, was, I do uh, like all the voice actors in this. She, Ashley Johnson was one of the Seavers from uh, Growing Pains. Wow. Oh, yeah. So, just throwing that yeah. out there. I think a lot of these... Well, I think my favorite might be Kalith. Uh, just because she's so like insecure and like coming into her powers, and I always kind of like that, where you know they're not experts yet; they're just kind of figuring it out. Although now that they're getting into Scanlan's background a little bit in Episode Three, which I don't want to spoil or anything, but I like that once they start flushing out the characters, uh, Scanlan's now growing on me a lot. Not not, not Scanlan. You're talking about the uh, um, the, the the guy with the his, gun. Oh, I'm sorry. What is his name? Percival. Um, Percival. Sorry, Percival. Yeah. So Percival actually now that they're in episode three are kind of filling out his backstory a little bit. Suddenly he's growing on me a lot because he seemed just a little standoffish and a little cold. And now that you're learning why uh, I'm really starting to get into his character. Yeah. I think I would probably agree. Percival. I haven't even seen episode three yet, but um, I I do think this is actually very important in D and D, but I like his aesthetic a lot. <laughs> yes. But, uh, I also yeah. like oh, Caleb as well, but I think a lot of these voice actors are, actually reprising these roles from the web series they were in which Mm. is quite interesting so i can see how like if you were if you've been following this from the start because before it was a web series it was an actual D &D campaign (laughs) of someone's um this would this would probably feel really really special and i think Uh, i saw i didn't notice this earlier but um david tennant is in this and i just figured out which who, which, who he is yeah, right? i didn't know that he's, was the, he's the old guy with the uh the uh, armor. The extremely yeah. scottish one yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> yes yeah which makes sense now if you think about it and felicia day looks like uh appeared in um very in episode. very I think quickly I know she is. episode very two quickly very quickly and then she disappears very quickly yeah yes <laughs> yeah it's um, a good i mean it's definitely uh a good boys cast tony hale who i always love if you ever watched uh, veep or arrested development so i guess he's in it um in the first two episodes yeah you know an honorable mention to grog who is definitely also part of the comic relief you know uh i talked about always usually liking i i'm shocked that like i didn't gravitate more towards him because i usually like the big oafish like big, comic relief big like dumb I, guys yeah like i did in the bad batch with uh with wrecker um mm-hmm. So Gro- well, I think if they is fill, a fun, yeah, he is a fun character and has some very memorable moments where his simplicity um, just really makes you laugh. Yeah, I think if they fill him out as well, which will happen, I'm almost sure of it, that uh, once we learn a little more of his backstory and who he is and gets a little more complex, because he does seem like at first he's yeah. just going to be the comic relief um, and then, you know. I mean, I I literally laughed so hard I had a pause when uh in episode two when he was playing with the painting 
My hands in the booty. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 forgot about I that. was laughing so hard. I had to pause it, stop, and laugh. Like, yeah. I had tears coming down. Was that was probably home. the funniest moment of the whole series for me. I loved the reaction to it, which was, like, which was just, Grog, it's rude to stare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, the show is definitely hysterical. Uh, the action's pretty good. And there is, like, dramatic moments. Like, don't get don't get us wrong. Like, episode three was pretty, pretty, pretty dark episode, yeah. I would have to say. Definitely the darkest of the three that have been released so far. For sure. But I think, too, again, what makes the show pretty top-notch, again, animation is just spot on. I mean, it's yeah, really I, good. It's interesting you said Invincible because it does, to me, have a similar quality where it's like mm-hmm. it's not super detailed it's, and it's not anime. It's kind of its own thing. I, I really appreciate yeah, the design nice. and it's the, kind of, the look of it. It's kind of nostalgic in a way, mm-hmm. these characters. Yeah, it's like it's almost like an ode to like classic cartoons because mm-hmm. they're not like you know, it's not oh. like watching like norm had just mentioned the bad bad it's right. not like that it's very it's the animation is very similar to invincible and you know mm-hmm. what we as kids and teenagers yeah, yeah. Style. and yeah, and exactly. much it's like 2D. and much like invincible um even though it's got some gory and dark moments the actual visual concept is actually very bright and beautiful you know, mm-hmm. they're they're not they're not darkening things down to be like, oh, this is brooding and needs to be taken seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree. I have to agree. And also, correct me if I'm wrong. So they'll be released in groups of three episodes each week. Yes. So they'll come out three at a time, which I kind of like. That it's kind of like three episode story arcs. Yeah. Remember, going. I was complaining about like the one episode a week. I'm so over it. And it, I've now seen a lot of streaming services do two or three. Like Station Eleven would do two, and it just yeah. truly was so much better because it, it was just yeah. only they one. know that the binge really is real. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, the binge. Their windows it breaks it up. Because yeah. yeah. sometimes I feel like more than two or three, then everything kind of comes becomes a little. And then saturated. you got to binge them all. Yeah, yeah, and then everything kind of blends together. If it's two at a time, you can really appreciate each episode, but you're still getting like you get your a fits. good amount of content. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, because they know that they know that people can't be trusted with the whole season, so they like they <laughs> exactly. put in a little bit of a little bit of a guardrail, a little buffer. Well, this one they decided, you know, th- three these first three episodes, um, the two of them focus on one story, and then the third one focuses on probably part of the next story. So they still yeah, give you that little bit of a cliffhanger to be like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I still got to watch like next week when the next batch comes out. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. that's a clever way of doing it. I wish more series would take note. Take note. Listen to us. We want we want two episodes minimum at a time. Lucas wants to binge. I, I want to binge, but this is like, you know, it's it's an addict who only, you know, I'm getting my methadone. It's fine. <laughs> I was going to say like uh, Peacemaker, take note. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, wait, Seriously. so... Peacemaker released how many? Did they release three at first? and then They released three, and then since then it's one a week. Yeah, one a week. Ah, see, two a week. <laughs> I know. See, that's the tease. Like, the man, not the Mandalorian. The Book of Boba Fett did it. They released the first two episodes, and then it's one a week. And yeah. same with Hawkeye, first two, one a week. Give me two. <laughs> Give us two. We want two. We want two. Ugh. But anyways, it's really good. It's really good. And if you think you might want to watch it, you can check it out on Amazon's Prime Video. Uh, streaming now and of course can i just so yeah definitely check it out on amazon prime video like bridget said and then hit us up with who your favorite character is and if you are excited for this series like we are because i definitely want to see more of it so 
again, on Twitter, at the Versecast, let us know who your favorite character is and if you're excited for more. I just want to add one note on how awful Amazon Prime's uh, interface is for this. So I have a feeling a lot of people will miss this if, they, if they're not paying attention because of it's really difficult to find new things on that uh, Amazon Prime's right, unless interface. You're already, so unless you're watching yeah. history is already such that it would recommend it to you automatically. Yep. That, so it was, put it in the search bar, literally type in uh, Vox Machina. I was literally and, about looking, like signing on to find it, and it was already there like, Things you may like just recently added. Boom. Oh. And I was like, don't got to search. Yeah, but I'm worried so for some people, if they don't like the kind of content like that, they might never get exposed to it. Unless they're going to promote it on the homepage, which they did with Wheel of Time over and over and over again, which was helpful because then you, you knew where to go for it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Precisely. That's Mike right. Yeah. So that is our coverage of Fox Machina. Definitely go check out the first three episodes and the next three coming at you next week so six on amazon prime video uh emily you you talked about the bard class uh my friend who i um, usually meet up with at comic-con and usually go around he didn't go this year he is a dm and he was telling me anytime he's playing with new people and somebody shows up with a bard he literally just like eye rolls so hard because he knows what's going to happen the bar is going to try and sleep with anything that moves. Everyone, yep. And since usually their charisma is always very high, that they're going to try and use charisma checks every single time they can to try and get out of everything. And it's annoying. <laughs> well, because it's annoying to a DM. It's annoying to a DM because they win, though, all the time. Yeah. Like I was saying how I had, um, I had a um, – uh, <clears throat> I usually do rogue or thief because you have like – or ranger because you have like super high dexterity Mm -hmm. so you can literally like like i said dive out of a window on like a third story and stick the landing and which you have to roll like super high for that and because i have such a high you know capabilities like that's why i always choose that one so i can do like acrobatic weird stuff in the game and get away with it and the bards are always like being sleazy or obnoxious or irreverent and they get away with it it just frustrates the dm you actually i would highly encourage you to to do that emilia because then you're going to bring your own spin on it because i yeah maybe the dm will love you because you'll because i feel like (laughs) i would actually act the opposite of how everyone's describing and i i already have a backstory in mind i've thought about this a lot (laughs) for my eventual dnd campaign sure i think norm norm what would be your class though i think we talked about this before i have always barbarian or no 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 you guys pegged me for that and i and and then like Bridget, Ra- yes, I'm, I'm usually a ranger. I think it's funny. Plot twist, I'm probably going to be the barbarian. <laughs> not nice. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not shocked. And then Lucas tried <laughs> oh, putting me in the paladin. paladin. Uh, yeah, I would say paladin, he yeah. tried putting I me in the Bridget paladin. I think Bridget would be a good but, paladin, but anyway. I have no idea what any of this terminology it's, means. <laughs> paladin is, is kind of like a mix of like cleric and warrior. Or fighter, whatever if, you want to. If we do this, I'm going to have to make a quizlet and learn what all these mean before we yes. get started. All right, time to wheel out our tools here so that Dr. Bridget can start operating on herself. <laughs> I assume that means that we are ready to dive into this blind spot. Uh, don't you mean a verse squad blind spot? Yes, let's do this squad. So Bridget. So Bridget. <laughs> don't, don't get too excited, guys. <laughs> What did you watch this week? <laughs> Lucas, hang back because Emily has been waiting for this I far know. too long. You're absolutely oh right. I'm like actually really nervous about this. My heart is racing. Okay. Yeah, so what so did you watch? I watched 
Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, which is the second film of the original Lord of the Rings film trilogy. Not the extended edition. I did not. I watched the theatrical. The three-hour one, not the four-hour one. And so we we talked about this the first time, but let's remind our verse listeners why you haven't watched this previously. I haven't watched it previously. Besides forgetting that, besides you forgetting uh, that Gandalf and uh, Dumbledore are two different people. Oh, don't worry. We're going to get into the Harry Potter, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the similarities here soon enough. But yeah, I just never got into them. They came out uh, early 2000s, which I was a very young kid. So it was not content that was shown to my sister, Nora. I have an older sister, and she was still pretty young when the films came out. So not the type of thing parents will be taking us to see in the movie theaters. Still seeing Shrek and, you know, Over the Hedge and whatever else was coming out at the time. So, uh, yeah, just never got into it. And then, you know, my sister never got into this. I would say most of my film loves have come from things my sister has introduced me to, and that was just never one of them. Uh, But it's funny, though. I have seen parts of the two towers. There's scenes that were very familiar and my older cousins like these films. And, you know, just over the years when they babysat, you know, there's things that are just on TV and you see them every now and again. Um, which is why Gollum used to give me nightmares. And I know exactly why now. Uh, you mean evil Dobby? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uglier, scarier, horrifying version of Dobby the Elf. There we go. So can you tell us? what your synopsis of the film is okay this is gonna be really difficult and i tried to make notes on this but we're just gonna roll with it okay so i gotta get the character list up in front of me i made some very grave errors in character mix-up last episode (laughs) one you made one which was not a grave error don't worry we'll 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 be revisiting that oh yes we will (laughs) okay good 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 okay so Frodo Baggins and Samwise Gamgee are continuing their quest to return the rings to Mordor. Rings. I said rings. Ring. One ring. The one ring. Singular ring. (laughs) Don't let rings in the title. Yes. The one ring to rule them all. They're continuing their quest to get the ring to Mordor. Now, we left off at the end of the first film. There was seven of them seven on a quest together now it's only yeah the fellowship now there's only two we were presumed that gandalf died in the last film spoiler alert he did not die which you know what's funny i had a theory about that but i forgot to bring it up last episode so anywho's it's been 20 years there's no spoilers when it comes to lord of the rings (laughs) okay well i didn't know any of this this was all new to me so you could argue that he didn't technically uh die or come back he like he kind of died in a way in a matter of leveled up yeah he leveled up if you if you read the novels or if you read the lord of the rings and novels the wizards are potentially immortal they're kind of angels yes so like (laughs) so in a way like we don't know if gandalf can even die when i I say that he he had a glow up this film (laughs) it was a legitimate glow Glow up up. like glowing aura around him all right Mm -hmm. so anywho's so they're continuing their quest but in the meantime the evilness on mount mordor and saruman who is also a wizard 
right? Mm-hmm. Okay. He's the white wizard originally. Originally the white the wizard. OG white wizard. He's the one that gets in a like crazy battle with Gandalf in the first film and they're like mm-hmm. going at each other. Yeah, the battle so he... where they don't really know what a wizard battle is supposed to look like. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So he is evil. They're recruiting, you know, all sorts of realms and armies to fight, you know, for the bad side, I guess, of things. But and kingdoms are getting conquered, people who don't wanna, you know, be ruled by the one ring to rule them all. So basically it was like a full-on setup of, all right, who's good, who's bad? We're getting the first taste of war, essentially. Now, they kept, like, prefacing that there was a war many, many, many years ago, and many people died, and it was bad, over basically the same battle about the ring and the one bad guy trying to conquer everyone, conquer the whole world. And they battled, and the good guys won. So this is basically, like, the second war has come. And setting it up for that. Um, okay. There's a lot so, of plot points, to be fair. A lot of plot points. Yeah. Where, where's so the fellowship? Like my, like, uh... So the fellowship was disbanded at the end of the first film. But now they're kind... They're like... We, 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 the fellowship is all out there, but they're in different sectors. So Frodo and Samwise are on their own duo. They team up with Gollum, trying to get the ring to Mordor. Then we have... Aragon, is it Legolas? Legolas. Legolas and Gimli. The three of them are trying to find the two other hobbits, uh, Mary and... Pip. Pippin. Pip. Pip? Pippin. 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 Yeah, so they're trying to find Mary and Pippin because they were kidnapped by the orcs, which are just like ugly mofos. And they (laughs) they were kidnapped. So then... Those three are trying to find those two, but then the other two are continuing the quest. So we have, like, the Fellowship is split up into three parties, essentially. And so we're following each of the three parties in their own little endeavor throughout the film. That makes sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Done. Yeah. Okay. Um, and like I said, we're introduced to many more characters. <laughs> in this film than we were already introduced in the first film. There's so many characters, guys. Uh, Carl Urban is in this one because he's Urban apparently in featured, everything. Yeah. I, I was very excited that to that's see Carl him. Urban. I'll bring in him because he's in one of my favorite scenes. He's in and everything in all of he's in everything. He's Good, yeah, bring everything. him. He's the he's best. He's basically like the new Samuel L. Jackson of, <laughs> of all these because Sam Jackson appears in everything. And is also the best. So yeah. And is also the best. I will take it. Yeah, so... Essentially, just the ring, the ring that, sorry, the ring that Frodo is carrying, it's like starting to eat at him. And this is where I'm going to bring up one of the similarities with Harry Potter, because it reminded me of it. When Harry and Ron were like wearing the Horcrux, like the Horcruxes, mm-hmm. it like does something to your spirit and it, make, it like eats away at you and it's like making you mad and evil and uh, yeah. paranoid. And that's basically what's starting to happen. He's carrying this ring and it's like calling for its master. The master's calling for it. And it's just a very evil, dark presence that's, like, starting to cloud his judgment, what he thinks, what he does. Uh, such a burden. And Such a burden, yeah. Um, and they're just, they're still trying to escape those ringwraiths who got also an upgrade. Now they're flying, ringwraiths on wings, quote-unquote what Gollum said. Uh, and so they're still just, like, I, I, yeah, they're trying to get the ring back to Mordor, and the evilness is just slowly taking over the land 
It's tough. Yeah, it's a tough that's time. That's my synopsis. The visual effects on this, I mean, because a lot of it was practical effects still. Like, mm-hmm. Peter Jackson still was like, no, we're going to use practical effects to get a lot of this out. I just want to give a shout out to Wormtongue, played by Brad Dorif. Like, <laughs> anytime Brad Dorif pops up in a movie, I'm happy to see him. And it's just like, the casting in this movie is super, like, effective. And just the fact that they were like, who would be the best Wormtongue? And the whole planet, they found Brad Dorf to play it, and mm-hmm. I think it works. Well, that's because well, they guy... had Andy Circus already as a uh, Gollum. Oh so. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so I mean, I want to get into my like full reaction of this because sure. I didn't. I don't think I enjoyed this one as much as I enjoyed the first one. I'm gonna be completely it's okay. I, it's always for me hard to which one I like more. No. And that's no. why because I like no. them both so and much. I no. think no, I think because You're wrong. I'm not. No, no, no. I think because I'm not used to all the characters. And I okay, I, I'll I'll let me get into this. Okay, <laughs> if I had been watching this in real time, so if I had seen the first Lord of the Rings film, I would have had two years to rewatch it x amount of times before I saw the second one, been able to sit stew on the plot of the original one, seen it a few times until the next one came out. The problem is I didn't. Like, it's only been, like, a couple weeks in between when I first saw the first film and then saw the second film. So I don't think the characters resonated and have marinated with me enough. I'm so serious. So then by the time I get to this film, I didn't feel as though I had a strong emotional connection to any of them. And the plot was a tad confusing because I was still, like, being like, oh, yeah, this happened in the first film. What is the middle film? And I think the first one, it's like, it's very, very clear what the purpose is. Yeah. Same with the third film. Whereas the second film is like, it sets up a lot of what's supposed to happen in the first one. It wraps up some things. It sets up yeah. the third one. It wraps up a lot of stuff in the first one. It does have its own, it does have a, a clear, consistent plot, but it is not as like obvious. Because yes. like, literally no, 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 one no. and say, three say, say are... for what it is. It's not as simple. You have to take a <laughs> yes. little bit more of a, a mind to uh, think about it to uh you know what just call me stupid just say it. <laughs> i wasn't gonna say it <laughs> your words not mine but it is i what i i do sympathize because for when i first watched this i watched it with someone who had seen lord of the rings bunch and ever since then i've only ever really watched it with people who have seen lord of the rings a bunch and now have become one of those people who has seen lord of the rings yeah. a bunch but what has really helped is to always have that guiding person next to you. Yeah, just to fill in little details about <laughs> yes. things. Because it, it does get confusing okay. with all the different so characters. Then you can thing. be like, wait, confused. why are they yes. doing that thing? And they'd be like, oh, well, and it's it's also actually helpful if they have read the books, which I have read mm-hmm. most of them. But like, if you have someone who's a walking Lord of the Rings encyclopedia, which apparently I have multiple of in my life, <laughs> then they can just be like, oh, well, in the books, they like, this is their motivation. And so this is how they translated it. So it, made, it yeah. makes a lot more sense. I- uh, yeah, I think because one, okay, this skips around. Like, we're following several different groups of people at very mm-hmm. different moments doing very different things. Yes. <laughs> three! It's three groups of people! This is not hard! Yeah, but they meet a lot of I'm new gonna people. Leave. Look, I'm gonna look, leave. Endgame <laughs> was more was harder to follow with their different groups of people. We saw Endgame Well, so, in real Bridget, time, you, you left out what, the third okay, group but of what happened. By the time I saw Endgame, I had already seen every Marvel film leading up to that film like you, 20 times. You had 10 okay. episodes since your first blind spot to rewatch Fellowship of the Rings to try and get yourself back into this. To be fair, Wait, to so, be fair but, there were like 20 Marvel movies that, that were building up to this story. Yes. But, Bridget, you left out 
the third group. What do they do? Mary and Pippin. Mary and Pippin. Mary and Pippin. They they find the talking trees. Yeah, the ants. It's an it's an integral part of the story. It is the whole tree thing. Yeah, yeah the trees. Okay. okay. I mean, I think compared to the other stories, it's actually less integral, but it is my favorite. They're the reason Sauron yes. gets defeated. Right. 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 Okay. I'm not saying that I didn't dislike this guys. That's what I'm saying. I I, I think you guys think that I do not. Well, like we should this jo- We should go from this into like what you did like about okay. it. Okay. Okay. And then what you well, did. Well, like. Okay. Let, let's let's start out with the basics. Let's 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 go right to the basics. Do you have a favorite character from this one? Yes. Good question. <laughs> and then once you tell me your answer, I'm probably going to tell you you're wrong. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have major issues with this. Gandalf was my favorite in this one. I really uh, enjoyed having a lot of screen time with him. Uh, I, I mean, I think I said Aragorn was my favorite from the first film. And mm-hmm. I really did what I really enjoyed about him in this. He was like narrating. Okay, so like it basically came in when they were trying to find Merry and Pippin, he was basically narrating like what the two had been going through because they were kidnapped and they were that tracking them. That was a cool them. scene, right? No, and I really enjoyed that when they get to the where they think that they've been killed and their bodies are being burned and all of a sudden he's following their tracks on the ground and he finds the, the belt. It's so extra of him, but yeah, I love it. Yeah, but it was really cool to see that and then they track him into the woods where is where they eventually run into the white wizard, a.k.a. Gandalf, and I thought that whole lead-up was really good. Although, I, like, I wasn't really, like on par with like the Aragorn like love story his like elf girlfriend like is not his elf girlfriend anymore and then like the king's daughter like is in love with him and I was like oh this is messy totally crushing on Aragorn but can you blame her no I can't I can't I can't at all also Aragorn's Aragorn's holding true over here because he like I feel like in most Mm -hmm. movies this would be the perfect time for like a writer to be like let's insert a love triangle where there doesn't need to be one (laughs) yes I would say that, so I did enjoy that. Um, like, I thought I, it was, it jumped around a lot, this film, which is, mm-hmm. I'm fine with. But again, like, not really remembering everything that happened in the first film for only having one watch. It was kind of like, oh, like, crap, like, this did happen. Like, they're already here. Um, and that's, I mean, when you have three hour films, there's tons of plot points that get brought up in the duration of three hours. So now I'm six hours into Lord of the Rings. There's a lot of stuff that's happened, okay? A lot of stuff. <laughs> Um, I was laughing though. There's a couple like points where I'm like, why would like to Samwise and Frodo? I'm like, why would you do that? So like when they first get to like the mountain and they're like, oh, this like, don't you smell that? This bog's rolling in. And then Frodo's like, we're not alone. And then bam, next scene, they're sleeping alone on a mountain. I was like, you just said we're not alone. <laughs> so then you're like, oh, trap. Then you go to sleep. Then you go to sleep. It was a trap. I, I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> And then that's where Gollum comes in. You gotta sleep. That's where Gollum comes in, and they grab him and toss him him down. Like, oh, we were just playing possum. Okay, well, Gollum is freaking terrifying. I hate his voice. Um, I literally cute. No, he's like a deranged naked bull kind of cute. Like fashion fishhead. Master Hobbits is my precious sister. Did you like his little like where he'd have conversations with himself as good good Gollum, He's bad Gollum, bad Gollum, or Schmeagol, so like, Gollum, Schmeagol, Schmeagol, Gollum, yeah, Gollum. I was like, wow, that's that's me after I binged, you know. Nasty, nasty. I was like, I was like, how is Gollum not in more memes? But whatever, I'll let it go. Um, What's Tater's precious? 
Oh, man. So, I mean, he, he just, like, he's kind of gross to look at, and his voice is kind of <laughs> annoying. So I wasn't really enjoying the scenes with him, which was the majority of the film. So I think that just kind of turned me off a little bit. I like too. that he's on the raw diet, so he's like super thin, <laughs> super cute, and, uh, and, and Samwise. Like I'm like I'm definitely a Samwise. Like yeah, just put some potatoes in that potatoes, potatoes, boil them, mash them, stick there's, them in a stew. Yeah, it was, there's so many good quotes honestly, from this one that I always forget. You know, this is like, my favorite quotable uh, of the movie. It's I the would most say quotable movie. Samwise is up there. We ain't but had maggoty bread. <laughs> Meat back on the menu, boys. <laughs> So sorry, Bridget. Uh, no, sorry. you're good. Yeah, we're, no, we're no, you're fine. In rare form. I think, like, yeah, I can see this. Um, I think Samwise, he was probably one of my favorites of this because he's just really sticking it out with Frodo. Didn't he have Frodo's the best quote? Total best a-hole. character in the film. <laughs> when Seriously. he went, that quote, when Samwise is like, because there's still good in the world and it's worth fighting for, I always, like, get the chills because I'm like, he's so right. I got to do better in my life. Uh, yeah. So, so with that, uh, I'm actually going to bring up that he is my favorite character in all of the films. Good choice. Um, and that speech at the end is by far one of the best speeches. I actually think in all of um, cinematic history. I, I put I, that on to make I'll myself. I'll put it up there in the top speeches. I, yeah. I, I put that on Dang. when I'm feeling down, and it always lifts my spirits. And I, I talked to Emily about this, and like it's. That moment at the very, very end, I was already liking Samwise through it. But then at the very, very mm-hmm. end, that moment, I was like, wow, that dude is awesome. No, well, see, yeah, the thing. I think yeah. he he's, might be mine, too. He's not my favorite character, but he is. I think he's the soul of the movie. Yes. Maybe of all three mm-hmm. movies, but that doesn't make him my favorite character. And I, although That's I couldn't, okay. I couldn't fine. choose one. Like, you know, it's like Gandalf, Aragorn. Aragorn's got some great lines in this one, too. Everyone well, this watch through. Yeah. What did you feel this watch through, Emilia? What did I feel? <laughs> yeah, like for characters, because I'll change from from you know depending on mood and when I watch it. Um, oh my god! I mean, Gandalf and Aragorn, as I said, are both up there. But um, all I can think about right now is uh, Aragorn and and Gimli having their moment and the Battle of Helm's Deep. Toss me. <laughs> as as fantastic as Gimli's delivery of. Toss me is. Uh, he's like so embarrassed. As as great as that, that delivery was actually, is, actually, I was like, "Is this happening right now?" My, my favorite part of that scene is like Aragorn's expression the whole time, where he's just like, he's so amused and he really wants to laugh. He's just like, "I can't mess this up. I can't yeah. mess this up for him." That's funny. I will say that Gimli. I did really enjoy Gimli in this film because it was he provided basically all the comic relief because this is darker mm-hmm. than the first film without a doubt. Uh, and so, like, those moments, like, every, you know, every few minutes or so, you just get, like, a one-liner for him or something funny where I think they're like, we've been running for three days and three nights. <laughs> yeah, that's always <laughs> and shocking. Like, and then I kept thinking, sprinters. We're very, 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 very effective over short distances. <laughs> then I was, la- I had to laugh because, like, Legolas and Aragorn are just, like, they're, like, running full speed ahead. And I was like, yeah. There's no way that Gimli would be like that close to them in proximity. Like he'd already be like five miles behind. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I give him credits. I give him credit. Um, and okay, my I think my one issue with this was so like during that like the battle at the end of this film, there was so like basically the elf army shows up to help. That was like unexpected. They come, 
and like the leader of the elf army and i can't i, and I can't think of his name to save my life I'll he like right he now. dies at the end of it mm-hmm. and like, eothane like, i think that's yes the guy. yes 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 and like they have the whole close-up of him and i was like i feel like i if i had watched the other film like a little bit more if i'd seen it a couple times and i just like like sat with it i felt like that like that seemed like it was a very impactful moment in the film and i didn't feel anything about it so i, I don't think know they actually just me. played it up a little more than yeah they, they played it up a little more yeah, i think it was for i was Aragorn. like this character wasn't really in this film the whole time no. he just showed up so i was like it's they were like really emphasizing his death and i was like well i don't really know him that, so that was more for aragorn that was like oh, a, okay. a point for him Okay, that makes more sense because I was like, am I supposed to be like really sad that this guy's dying because I really don't feel anything? Like, I really thought that they were going to kill Merry and Pippin in the beginning of the film. Like, I thought they were dead. Like, honestly. Well, according to, that, to Har- Harvey intense. Weinstein, wanted to kill one of them. And oh then uh, Peter Jackson didn't let it happen. So, oh, well, we do not mention Jackson. this name on. <laughs> no. Well, no, I think it's irrelevant that they also designed one of the trolls to look like him because he's such an awful sense. POC. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I that was very I like for me. I felt the stakes. I felt that the stakes were higher at the beginning of the film than they were at the end. Really? So, like the first hour and a half. Yeah, I was like locked in. Totally was like, whoa, this is crazy. The first hour, hour and a half of this film, and then the second half, I just like wasn't like tracking with it as much. I felt it got a little boring at points, and you I didn't wasn't... feel when the when Gandalf shows up with the cavalry and. With uh, you know Carl Urban they, and then the wait, sunshine I mean, like, right yeah, in the face. Yeah, but like that face. was like <laughs> towards the end. And but I'm saying like 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 the the in the middle. The middle like the section. Middle, the middle. The middle section. hour was just like yeah. Like, Can you imagine I if thought... there was an extra hour tacked onto that? <laughs> that's why I was like, I don't maybe don't watch the extended version. Well, that's yet. what I'm saying. I thought the first part of the film came out so strong, like they were like we're hitting the ground running, like the Literally. stakes are way higher <laughs> running, running, running. now than what they were in the past. Um, in the first film and I really enjoyed that and I was definitely surprised like I didn't know that Gandalf like I assumed Gandalf would be like I thought it was gonna be like an Obi-Wan situation where like he died but he's coming back in some like weird mentor ghost form but it's not he was alive and he got an upgrade which was really awesome because more time with Ian McKellen is more time than I didn't have before so that was (laughs) great and like the Marion Pippin plot line like, I loved that. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, are they really going to – are they dead? I think like, they cut some like, stuff out for the theatrical cut of Mary and Pippin with Hanging Up with the Ends. Yes. So just just uh, putting that out there. Well, I would say – that's why I'm – like, I co- kind of, like, combed over that plot point because there wasn't a lot of it. Like, them specifically with the Ents, we, there wasn't many scenes. They'd literally just have to convince the Ents to yeah. go to war against Saruman. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's and actually Mary might be one of my favorite characters in well, this movie. Yeah, and they were finally like the tree was yeah, like, he's... oh, you guys aren't orcs after all. Like, <laughs> so I'm, I imagine they could, they must have cut out the part where they're drinking the ent juice, whatever, and yes. then uh, and then Pippin's growing taller. Yes, and then so Mary yes, tries that's, to steal it. That's not in the from... theatrical. All right, I, so those little moments I love so much because they're from the book. They're straight mm-hmm. out of the book, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're great for character development. But truly, they add nothing to the plot. So like, I can see yeah. why it was cut for the version Bridget saw. But, but yeah. notably, I, that's some of the things I love about it. Mary and Pippin I really because liked... oh sorry, go ahead, Emily. Oh, yes. Because Mary and Pippin have been drinking the Ent water. I think in the books when they come back, they're like absolute legends because they're like the tallest yeah. hobbits ever now. They're the tallest hobbits in the village. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I I really enjoyed. I think my fav- one of my favorite scenes not was one- definitely when Gandalf like 
you know, banish Saruman out of the king of Rohan's mind. That was a really awesome scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really liked the first meetup when uh, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli are, like, hiding in the field, and they see the Riders of Rohan coming up. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, Riders! He's like, Aragorn's like, Riders of Rohan! And then they get surrounded by all of them, and then they're, like, at spear point, and then that's when Carl Urban takes his helmet off, and there's, like, a very intense interaction. I really enjoyed that scene. That's a good moment. And, the, really, yeah, the spears keep getting going in well, further also and further too, towards them. Yeah. Also, too, because we they, they the Riders of Rohan came in and, like, basically killed all the orcs that had kidnapped Merry and Pippin, and... At that point, I thought that, like, Carl Urban was just in the beginning of the film, and when they, he was banished from his kingdom, I thought he was dead. Like, I, 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 like, I thought they were, like, pun- banished, like, punished by death or whatever, so I thought they just, like, were executing him on the spot. But it turns out he didn't. He escaped with, got away with a whole army of men. Apparently he uh, had 2,000 horses, even though it really looked like 30. Like 20. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I really enjoyed that. That was a fun scene. And then I liked when, after the King of Rohan, like, comes back to his normal self, they're, like, trying to convince him to go to battle, but he's like, no, we need to, like, get our people to safety, yada, yada, yada. And he just, like, totally, like, shuts down Aragorn. He's like, excuse me, like, since when are you the King of Rohan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well. I like that actor. I think he does a phenomenal job as that character. Yeah. Let me ask, in... In the extended version, you get to see him actually mourn the loss of his son, which is such a powerful scene for that character. He goes from, like, waking up to realizing, like, his his son son died. Mm -hmm. And to see him just, like, cry, like, break down and cry on, like, the field of flowers, whatever. I would say they, like, like, kind of cut that part out. Like, they show him in front of the tomb. It's shorter. Yeah, they show him in front of the tomb with Gandalf, but there's not really, like, an emotional, like, scene. He's not crying or anything. Oh, man, because they really show him. Yeah. Yeah. They show him really, like, break down, which I, I, I always love. Theoden is the name of that character, and I really always appreciated his portrayal in this because in the books, you know, there's so many different kings and weird things happening. It's kind of hard to keep track. But then to see somebody actually personify that character and, and humanize him, like, at the end, one of my favorite moments is when he's like, oh, my God, like, we're all going to die <laughs> where the, the orcs are breaking down the door. And mm-hmm. then Aragorn's like, come on, man, ride yeah, out dude, with he's me. He's really and hot and goes, cold on if he wants to. <laughs> He's fighting or yeah. giving up. Yeah. Yeah, but I can, you know, you can imagine, like, truly, like, they're, the orcs are breaking through the door and they're, the women and children he's are like, behind him. He's like, he's the king. This is, like, his his yeah. biggest job is to protect his people. And he's yeah. failing. This... Yeah, and, and he's yeah. failing. And then, but then he, Aragorn inspires him and he gives the best line in the whole movie besides Samwise, which is, like, blow the horn once for rage, once for once ruin, for... and once for the red dawn. It's like, every time they do yeah. that and Gimli's blowing that horn, I just get so psyched. It's like, it's such a good scene. Well, and I think my other problem with, like, with the Kingdom of Rohan, like, the plot point, like, what is that guy's name? Wormtooth? Wormtongue. Grima Wormtongue, Wormtongue the most obviously Wormtongue. evil person ever. Yeah, I right. Like, I was like, uh, for the job application. more evil. <laughs> for advisor. Um, oh, my God. Well, I also, like, had an issue with that plot line because they, like, banished him. I'm like, obviously, he's a snitch. <laughs> obviously, he's working for the dark people. Obviously, he's going to go run and tell like yeah, that was the bad a, guys. What that your was, plan a, that was? That was a mess up by Aragorn. Yeah, I, but like they were like, no, let him go, and I'm like, no, no, just lock him hold, up. hold him a- captive. Aragorn, like, well, him it, Aragorn had his own thought on this. His thought was, okay, let him go, let him go. Tell what will happen, which is they assume you'll go to Helm's Deep and hold up. But instead, here's what you're gonna do instead. And Aragorn tries pitching this idea to the king, and the king's just like, nope, I'm gonna go to Helm's Deep. And it's like. 
man, you just messed up Aragorn's idea. Well, mm-hmm. the thing with Wormtongue plays out like in the future. I don't even know if they have it. Maybe in the extended edition that you'll see what ends up happening with that, and that it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So you see that Aragorn maybe wasn't as foolish <clears throat> as you think, but for, okay. by having mercy, which Gandalf yeah, probably I, would have approved. Yeah, I saw that and I was approve. like, "This makes no sense." Like that was <laughs> He's just like, kill that dude. Yeah, I was like, "You can't <laughs> let him go. What is wrong with you guys?" Again, <laughs> um, Aragorn had an idea and he just got shot down. But yeah, the whole. I mean, I totally get. So, any other like things you didn't like or that were confusing? Um, I don't. I don't want to say confusing. I didn't really like. Like, I wasn't loving the interaction between when like Samwise and Frodo, like, you know, meet the brother and his little spawn of people. I wasn't like enjoying that because it just felt very different to what we were seeing with, like, you know, Aragorn and Gandalf. Like, they were really gearing up for battle and it was very intense. And then like. I just felt like it was kind of stale, like those scenes. Um, I think I, there's a lot I, of payoff again, in the third movie. You might change your yeah. tune on it, but yeah. Honestly, before I watch the the third film, I'm going to go back and rewatch the first and second again because, like, hearing you guys talk Extended about this more, cut. <laughs> I, would, I would, I would, no, seriously, I would consider watching the extended cut I, you have eight I hours just, you should no i just think that like i didn't sit with these characters enough and i just was familiar and everything is still new and there's a lot getting thrown at me and so that's why i wasn't enjoying it as much as i think i could have so i i, I encourage you to do, do that truly this these movies age better with me like the more i watch them as i get older i just they're they're comfort for me so yeah i say have at it yeah so i think i'm gonna do that um and then I don't know, like, as far as, like, the third film goes, like, obviously we're going to get, like, the big battle. Like, it's the end. This mm-hmm. is, we're wrapping up the trilogy. Yeah, your theory. So let's get your theories moving forward. People going to die, all right? I'm still convinced Samwise is going to die because I just feel like, I just feel like he's going to die. Um, I think that Aragorn is probably going to die. Um, I think mostly everyone's going to die, but Frodo. Uh, <laughs> I think all right, Harvey be... Weinstein. <laughs> I don't know if this is actually going to happen, but typically in movies where there's big battles like this, like, a lot of people die. All right? A lot of very compelling characters die. Uh, I, I, I think, I think Frodo's going to put the ring on, and there's going to be a whole thing where he tries to use it for, he already put the ring on in the first one, but, like, I think he's going to use it to maybe fight with it. I'm not sure. I think that's going to be a thing. And obviously, like, everyone's going to team back up again. They're eventually going to get back to each other. I think that there's going to be a big reveal where it's going to be, like, a really small army going against the evil guys. And they're like, there's not enough of us, but we're going to fight anyways. And then it's going to be like, boom, there's all these other people coming. Kind of like, you know, Endgame where everyone just shows up last minute at the end and be like, no, we're not alone. Yay. I the think that's exactly what's going to happen in this because that's what Riders always of happens Rohan. in the cavalry. Like yeah. Um, Riders of Rohan did it first. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Tolkien did it first. <laughs> um, I would like to know what happened to Bilbo Baggins, because he's because oh. we didn't get anything with him in this film, and he was a major point. I mean, I know he's hiding out in the elf realm, um, so I want to know like you know mm. more what's going on with him. I hope Aragorn settles his love triangle. Oh yeah, are you Team Aowen or Team Arwen? And it's I think it's too soon to know. 
at this time. I mean, I, I like answer. to think I'm Team Arwen. Like, I feel I'm very, like, her storyline is very compelling because I feel bad. Like, she has a great line in this where she, and she's like, I don't fear death or battle. What I fear is being locked in a cage. It's, like, uh, such a cool line. Stop. That's, that's I, I actually, I really. Oh, whoops. No, yeah, I was <laughs> going to say that's there, not she, Arwen. Her and Emily are on Team Arwen, so. Arwen. Oh, all right. It's, yeah, but, which, like, she honestly, did have like, a great line. Into a that was a great next. line. Yeah. Well, no, what I'll say is what you missed also in this, in when you're not seeing the extended cut, is the age of Aragorn. He's like 80-something years old. He's 87 or something. Because he's part of the old race of men or something that who are very long-lived. Oh. Yes. And so it's really, and you can understand, I was like, oh, yeah, that's maybe why he's like, listen, I got this elf girl who's super old too we're a good match like i'm not dating a 20 year old sorry i'm just not gonna do it that would have that would have definitely like made a big difference because in in the moment then i'm like oh yeah he's a normal guy he's probably like 30 like yeah like why would he be with someone yeah i think they cut that out for a reason okay that would make sense that would totally make sense but it's in the books like he's like 80 something years old okay that would absolutely make sense so Um, it makes sense he's with an elf who doesn't age which also makes you yeah. Wait, doesn't they have that conversation where he's pretending to like the soup that Eowyn made? Does does, yeah. does that scene still exist in any form in the theatrical cut? Wait, what? Is it Norm, the is there a scene where she brings the soup and it's like there's like some meaty, weird, squishy thing and he's like spilling the soup like trying pre- to get rid he's of it? He's pretending that he likes caught. it. I no, he, they, they, I think they abridge it so that you just see him giving like the uh, the like thank you like, and then that's it. I think that yeah. that was in the I think that's regular it too. cut. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, hmm. Again, this is this is why I knew you two were gonna watch the extended version. Like, somebody's got to make sure they're on line with yeah. Bridget. I'll do it. Thank you, thank you, Norm. Even though, like I said uh, before, this is my favorite extended one to watch. So. Yeah. No, I'm definitely Team Arwen. Like, she just like watched him go off to battle, and he, they like, have a history. Just, like, really they have a history. Like, I just feel bad. Like, you know, like I guess now that makes more sense because originally I thought it was like you know loving someone that you can never truly be with. Like that—that's brutal. Um, and I really like her father, the actor. That's her father. I really oh, Hugo Weaving as Hugo Weaving. Yeah, he's awesome. I—I yeah. I wish actually he was in this film more because he just Me wasn't. Too. He was only in a couple scenes, and we got a lot of him in the first one. So I'm hoping to get more of him in the third one, definitely. Uh, and I mean, I am excited to see this third film. I am excited to see this wrap up. But like I said, I definitely want to make sure I rewatch these first two because I want to make sure that I actually will like appreciate the third one. It's like, okay, I know what's happening. I understand what's going on. And I feel like I'll have a little bit more of an emotional connection to these characters. So scenes will hit differently. I'm hoping. And this, once this wraps up, so well, I'm excited. Before you give your rating, I have some very important questions to follow up from, from last episode from last blind spot okay okay now now who is the most attractive man in middle earth (laughs) carl urban sean astin sean astin good sean astin sean astin (laughs) she's not gonna confuse sean and carl it's never gonna happen again it's just never and and since your last uh since your last most attractive man was sean astin samwise gamgee um what was his hottest scene Potatoes. <laughs> Potatoes. Smash him, mash him. Probably, with boil, probably mash him, stick him in a stew. Probably when he, like, goes ham sauce on Gollum and, like, basically murders him. And Frodo's like, no, we can't. You cannot do that. Because I was like, yes, kill him. <laughs> He's annoying me. He's annoying me. <laughs> 
So I would have to say, have to say that. Um, Coming in with all the obscure yeah. answers, though, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. <laughs> this is why it's great having somebody watch it for the first yes. time. It's like we get to watch. Yeah, because Emily just wants you to come out and to say Aragorn. I love Aragorn. <laughs> I, he's honestly my favorite. I, I don't. He and Gandalf, like right up there, like they're my fave. Seriously, they're my. I really enjoy both of them. So I'm a little nervous for their fates in this third film, but we'll I still see what think happens. that there's there's one correct answer. Aragorn, and I will hear arguments for Legolas. Um, I'm adding Boromir to that list now. Um, I know that our our squad <laughs> apparently has a lot of diverse opinions. I can imagine that the the dearly departed would probably say Gollum is the best, is oh, the yeah. hottest character. I'm sure K Dubs, if look, if his ghost wandered in here, he would say Gollum. I, I would accept every answer but Legolas. I mean, I. He's so pretty, though. Thing. But he's, he's an absolute yeah. jerk. Yeah. No, he's just Legolas? an elf. No, no, no. Just, he's he doesn't an, really understand the emotion. He's an a hole. Okay, he's way too pretty and too clean. Listen, Aragorn with his ruggedness. Yes, that's what I'm saying. As someone who like loves Orlando Bloom, I love Pirates of the Caribbean Orlando Bloom because it's the he's ruggedness, the raw. Yes, I, I get it. I get it. I love that. That's why I like Aragorn for a pretty man. He's pretty. He is pretty. So. Then I would argue Faramir. Not as pretty. Great hair, though. I love his, See? uh, like, Lucas got very it. obviously Medi- not as pretty. <laughs> anyway, yeah. what's so, your rating out of five? <laughs> yeah, what's your rating? I think I gave the first one a three and a half, if I stand corrected. I want to give this one a two and a half. Ugh, you disgust <laughs> me. <laughs> Bridget, I'm, okay, I've been biting my tongue this entire time. This is the best Lord of the Rings movie. This is the best. I want to tell you, I think, I know, no, you guys have said that to me several times, and usually when people tell me that it's the best of something, usually I'm really stubborn and I'm like, no, it's, it's too much worst. pressure. As it someone is, who's I, having their, honestly, blind, their Star Wars blinds to bot removed, it's too much pressure. <laughs> let me tell you, it is a lot of pressure, and I'm going to tell you right now, after I finish watching this, and I didn't love it. I actually have been very anxious to get on this podcast because I knew, <laughs> knew I Norm knew was gonna Norm was gonna be like, "What?" Treat is you like you were Gollum, and he's Samwise. <laughs> this movie has everything. It has it, it has it has two of the smallest characters take on these meet these ginormous characters, the biggest characters, and the two find a way to like communicate, work together, and overthrow. A, the white wizard being Saruman. It's Listen, beautiful. Okay, this... you're not going to convince me otherwise. I'm just going to say this. You said that Spider-Man No Way Home was a disappointing film, and I'm yes. telling you right now, it is my oh, one of my all-time favorite Marvel films now. So it's a matter of opinion, uh, and that's fine. That's what makes the world go round, Norm. This and is why we have the, this podcast that we can share. The Battle of Helm's Deep had so, like... You're never going to Oh, my God, it was bro. such a great... Look like to the east on the, the fifth rest, day at sunrise. Yeah, in the rest of, the, in the rest of all of cinema, I'm it never felt like the chips were all now, down like they listen. were at the ba- at the end of the Battle of Helm's Deep, and then boom, the light, and here comes Gandalf and the Riders of Rohan. It's like awesome, and then it's all happening at the end while Samwise is giving this amazing speech, and you're gonna sit here and tell me it was worse than the than the Fellowship of the Rings? Are you insane, woman? Hey, I love. You're Fellowship. gonna tell me I'm wrong? She came down in a bubble dog. Okay, anyways. 
So it's funny because I'm team Norm here. <laughs> although I haven't decided yet if I like which movie I like the most. I just think they're all amazing. I don't fellowship my edge now, but I'm not sure yet. I'll revisit. But Return of the King is the le- the most disappointing for me. I still enjoy it, but it's the most disappointing. Okay, for me. it's really fun to watch this. See. You guys are saying is the most disappointed. I'm going to put money on it right now. When we <laughs> yeah, you're like, I love when it. We come back to do the third blind spot of this, I'm going to be like, that was the best movie of the whole trilogy. Next I will put money on it. Norm's it's just alluded it's a to matter this. of opinion. And I'm yeah. and I almost and all I was saying was, I'm going to log off here in a second, and then in a week from now, we're going to hop back on, and Norm is going to have been sitting here still the whole be time, talking, still <laughs> talking, trying to convince me that this was the best one. <laughs> well. Something I'm excited but, to talk about next time is that which what type of person are you based on? Which is your favorite movie? Which is something Norm alluded to once potentially on air. Right. right. Yes, again, sure. again though, once I watch all three of them, I like might have a different manner of opinion. And then the second time I go to rewatch them, the third time I go to rewatch them, it could be different. My opinions on the Star Wars films have changed numerous times in the years that I've watched yeah, them. I can guarantee I, my this, order this series has well, changed dramatically I mean, from the first time yeah. I saw all of them to now going back and being Bridget, like, oh, actually, this film was way better, and you know, this one actually sucked. I should take into account that your garbage taste is still going on. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to bring up how Gotham is still such a great show. I'm really waiting for it now. It's the best Batman one ever made. This- <laughs> All right, I'm just going to... Without context, it really sounds like we're just bullying Bridget. I think that I need to take a mental health vacation from the first cast. I've been called stupid. I have poor taste. Garbage taste, I might quote. Garbage taste, Norm has said, yes. Honestly, honestly, you know, this is the moment where I really miss KW because, you know, I feel like maybe he would have stood up for me. He wouldn't have. No, but, I don't think he stood up for anyone. But we would have directed our ire at him yes. instead of you. I mean, like, guys, don't you think he's still alive? Like, I just, like, I have this feeling that he's, like, still space out there. Space is a no, harsh mistress. No, he's definitely, nope. Not, not alive. It's cold in space. Are you sure? Because, like, I yes. really, really feel like he's still alive. Everything's completely normal. We're mm. all fine here now, thank you. Everything's fine. <laughs> Well, nice, I'm okay, nice, except Lucas. that I'm stupid and have garbage taste. <laughs> Lucas, yeah, I, I completely breezed past that. It took me a second to realize. I said it in the beginning of the podcast and nobody got it, so I kind I'll of expanded it on it. We're all fine here. Situation normal. We're having a slight energy malfunction, but we're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Boring conversation. Yeah, boring conversation anyway. Oh, man. But I don't know. I am excited to watch the next film. Uh Hate to disappoint okay. this round. I'm so curious to see how you react to your predictions on what you got right, what you got wrong. Yeah, yes. I am too. And we will remind you. Which is also certainly. probably why I will enjoy the third film the most, the first viewing. Because I'm going to be like, yes, this prediction came true. And I'm going to be like, hook, line, and sinker. Or I'll be shocked <laughs> that they didn't come true. And it'll be a very enjoyable mm-hmm. viewing experience versus what this one was this time around. So, All right. Well. So we've covered a lot, and we had better wrap up. Be sure to subscribe to The Verse, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, and share The Verse with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter, where you can interact with us and send us your questions or comments. We will be sure to answer them and also give you a shout-out. Speaking of which, thank you to our listeners at Billings Raiders, at Ryan McDermott, and at I Know What You Did... I know what you did. That's that's oddly suspicious. 
anyway, thank you to those uh, listeners for your questions and comments. Keep them coming in. And we also take donuts, baked goods of any kind, really. Um, without Cronsworth, there's really been like no one to, to prepare our meals. Me um, likey donuts. <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at EmiliaU. And you can follow me, Lucas, at Luconian Logic on Instagram and on Twitter. Just by all means, please don't follow me. Uh, seriously, guys, like, what's going on? You cannot tell me nothing's, nothing's going, going on. on. <laughs> nothing's going on. Nothing nope. to see. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing to Move see on. here. Nothing to see. Pay no attention to, to the man share. behind the curtain. Okay. I definitely don't believe any of you, but I'm whatever. I'm just over it today. Uh, and you can follow me, Bridget Brogan, at Bridget Brogan 16 on Instagram and Twitter to keep up with my garbage taste and content. Oh. <laughs> and you can follow me, Norm Felker. On Twitter at random underscore white guy, and you can let us know why Bridget's wrong about the two towers not being the best Lord of the Rings film. Okay, I just gotta say, did you and just invite all of Twitter to also come and bully me? <laughs> yes, because I feel like this is grounds for a lawsuit at this point. Bullying on Twitter? <laughs> that never. Say happened. it ain't so. I'm sorry. You can follow me at Bridget Brogan 16 on no social accounts because I have just deleted all of them to spare myself. Okay. Thank you. Speaking of bullies, you can probably still follow Cronsworth's dead account on Twitter. And that's uh, what is it again? Uh, at Cronsworth with a K, like something like that. Who cares? I and care. Finally, it's there's at Cronsworth our... with a capital K. Thank you. Actually, I don't think it's capital. Well, in my mind, it's capital. Okay. <laughs> and finally, there's our producer, Stephen Prusikowski, who recently we discovered was blowing the horn at Helm's Deep. Uh, he can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd as at Filmstore. Oh, well, there's our music. Thanks for listening. Keep sending in those questions and comments on our Twitter page, and we'll see you next time in The Verse. The Verse is presented by ScreenRadar.com and produced by Stephen Prusikowski. All right, guys. Let's make mac and cheese the Middle Earth way. Please hit the oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 175 degrees Celsius. Step two. Cook macaroni according to the package directions. Do as a dwarf do- does. Drain slowly. <laughs> a medium skillet over low heat. Gradually add flour and pipeweed, whisking until well combined. <laughs> Slowly pour in milk. You shall whisk constantly until smooth. You shall not stir. Whisk, you fools. The next step's Mr. Frodo. Stir in cheeses and cook over low heat until cheese is melted and the sauce is a little thick. Then add potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Taters? What is taters, precious? I've never been good at calling (laughs) You gotta really commit to Gollum and pull it off, and I never can do it. Step six. Put macaroni in large casserole discs and pour sauce over macaroni. Stir well until the red dawn rises. Melt butter in a skillet over medium heat. Add breadcrumbs. No! Add brown. No! Breadcrumbs! (laughs) Step eight. (laughs) Spread over the macaroni and cheese to cover. 
sprinkle with a little paprika, because we ain't had nothing to eat for three stinking days but this maggoty old bread. Looks like macaroni and cheese is back on the menu, boys. And scene. And scene. <laughs> Thank you, precious.